0: we're going down to alphabet street on this episode of the Presser Wine prince Thurgs podcast and joining me again is jerry bonner welcome back to the show jerry
1: thank you once again uh, for having me jason i'm sure uh, your audience is getting rather sick of me by now but that's too bad i enjoy being here so you're just gonna have to get used to me (laughs) well yeah
0: i'm gonna invite you on and then i'm just gonna edit all your content out and it's just gonna be
1: just put a put a (laughs) robot voice that might work better
0: (laughs) um oh yeah well of course any any time obviously you've been one of my longest tenured guests so i appreciate uh you know you sticking with me throughout the 70s and 80s and we're almost getting to the end of the 80s now which is kind of crazy to think about yeah most love sexy it. love sexy albums the second to last album he released in the 80s
1: yes yes it is and yeah it's one of the more uh how we say it i guess unique albums it, it kind of falls into a uh i don't know it, it seems to just have its own thing going on in a lot of ways and you know this song is a big part of that i, I think because since it was really the and i'm sure we'll get into that really the only single that did anything uh you know that was became something I guess that people knew. You know, uh, you know, he went to like eight on the chart or whatever Alphabet Street. So, yeah, it's yep. definitely an, an interesting kind of album that falls in between two you know bigger, more widely known uh, you know works of his. So it's kind of like one of those I don't know, kind of like the middle child I suppose of the eighties in a way. <laughs> Of his late '80s output, yeah,
0: the kind of yeah. the misunderstood album. In his, yeah, it's the, J- uh, it's the Jan Brady
1: of Prince's output. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Love, Sexy is unique in that way, where it just had a lot. It had an uphill battle to, you know, an uphill battle to climb, to in terms of trying to be successful at the, on the same level as Sign of the Times or Batman, which came after Prince's nudity on the cover uh the 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 album's content being very spirituality and and religion focused you know the single this was the the lead single as you mentioned and it actually was you know a pretty decent pop success top 10 on the pop charts number three on the r&b charts so you know it looked like things were maybe going to be looking pretty good but i mean even a number eight position on the pop charts for an album's lead single was not something you know it was that that was underwhelming i guess for for a prince album when you consider how successful songs off of lead singles off of uh, purple rain and around the world in a day and parade and sign of the times were, number eight isn't all that great in that context it's all about uh, context and in this case this was kind of a disappointing chart performance for a lead single it was the only song that I remember seeing on MTV a video that I remember seeing on MTV, even though two more singles were released from the album, Glam Slam and I Wish You Heaven. I never saw either of those videos on MTV. So I don't think they really gave them a lot of a lot of play and that reflected in So I mean that I never know which comes first. I don't know if it's chicken or the egg type situation. Like didn't it get did it not get much MTV play because it wasn't successful on the charts or was it not successful on the charts because it didn't get a lot of MTV play? I don't know which one is the. Yeah, you I, you know,
1: I I can say I, I saw, I wish the, the video for, I wish you heaven once on MTV. I never heard it on the radio and I never heard and or saw glam slam on the radio and or MTV, um, because I, I happened to catch it was I remember it distinctly because it was so weird um I just i I was out and I came home late and you know I wasn't going to bed yet and I flipped mTV on and it's like, oh, here's this new like I mean I knew the song obviously because I had the album, but I was like, oh, I've released this and there was video for it so yeah, it was a bit odd, but uh, I said that's the only time I, I recall seeing it kind of like late at night <laughs> on like a Saturday night, so in like whatever 1988 or something so yeah there you yeah.
0: Right, right. Just kind of spoke to the underwhelming, I guess, critic or not critical. I think critically, it was okay. I think the overwhelm, underwhelming, um, popularity of the album. People just weren't feeling it, or were a little wary of buying it based off of the cover. There might have been. I mean, I I think there was some retailers that refused to to stock it, and if they did, they had to like hide the cover under some sort of, I don't know, like. Uh, blurring facade or uh, something
1: like a like a slip slip cover kind of thing most definitely yeah that that was one of the first albums i recall that happening um i believe it was like walmart that that did it that definitely and what was funny is that there weren't where i grew up in, in philly there weren't walmart hadn't penetrated that area yet and i but i remember reading it and being like, what the hell is a Walmart? You know, <laughs> who, cares, who cares what they, you know, want to oh, do with Prince Oh, Little Jerry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really <laughs> they weren't. They so were big. not in the Philadelphia area. They definitely were not. I mean, we had like Sears and J.C. Penny and stuff like that. But, um, you know, not um, Walmart yet. And, you know, so, yeah, I remember that, you know, definitely was a thing. And I, I have a, a bit of a story about the, the album and the cover and the video and stuff. So usually, I mean. Yeah, yeah, tell it. Well, the video specific, the the Alphabet Street video, I remember, and I I alluded to this with you earlier, Um, my mother, I was watching it and, you know, and she happened to walk into the room and she thought I was watching Sesame Street when the Alphabet Street video was on. And she's like, why are you what are you doing? Why are you watching Sesame Street? Because all the letters and stuff are floating around. And it does look like something that could have been on Sesame Street. And I was like, Mom, this is a Prince video. This isn't Sesame Street. I'm like, you know, I was like 16, 17 years old at the time. I was like, what? And then she goes, "Ow!" and she's like, well, he's weird anyway. I was like, yeah, I know. I know you think he's weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that was that was my mother's response to the alphabet street video with all the sounds floating, like my
0: dad's response
1: <laughs> yeah the floating words and and whatnot and and then with the the album itself i remember um distinctly when i i bought it um i i was working in like a department store in like kind of a small um strip mall but it was it was the it, we called it like the starter mall it was like i was like the joke it was you know, it was, a, it wasn't as big as the, you know, the other malls, but, um, they had a few things in there. And the, the, the anchor store that I worked in was like a department store that uh, no longer exists, but they had a record store in there. A lot of times on my break or whatever, I would go to the record store and either buy something or just browse or whatever, just to see what was what. But in this case, I guess def- I definitely went to go buy love sexy because it had just come out. And, um, so I went and I bought it and I, I brought it back and, you know and i had it with me when i was you know i was a cashier and there were a couple other cashiers and i remember you know saying oh you know i i just bought it and the one guy you know he's because it obviously had a bit of a you know it, reputation at least at that point people kind of were like oh you know there's this new prince album and he's nude on the cover and blah blah, blah. and it definitely you know pre- the, preceded itself in a sense people knew about it in that respect and you know here i am i have it in my pocket and he was like oh let me you know the one guy i was friends with and he was like oh let me see it and You know, so I take it out of my pocket and I I give it to him and he just like looks at it and, you know, his teenage boys, you know, he was just like, he didn't get it. I mean, he clearly just thought it was the most ridiculous thing on the planet. And he was like, what the hell is he doing? And I was like, I don't know, man, he's Prince. That's he does his own thing. And, you know, I mean, but this was a guy who his idea of like, you know, music and or high culture was to sit in the parking lot and blast, you know, LL Cool J's I'm bad for 15 minutes after work. You know, so, <laughs> but his opinion wasn't, I guess, exactly, uh, you know, he wasn't super forward thinking in a sense of, you know, but a lot of people really did respond to the album cover um, that way. And I, as we said as well, I think that really did uh, hurt its sales. I don't think a lot of people were kind of were on this trip that uh, the Prince was with his old, you know, the spirituality and, you know, the love God and God is love and, you know, the, and bringing like sex into that mix, too. Just didn't resonate with a lot of people, so that's that's the take on Love, Sexy. At least in terms of the album as a whole. Yeah, I I mean, 1988. You know, like
0: two of the biggest genres of music from a from from what was popular with the younger generations were like hair metal, hard rock, and um, hip hop, and both of those genres are very male oriented oh yeah very very oh, yeah. uh very much portraying like a very uh, a, a very masculine and uh, macho image was important talking about girls and women and sex and just putting out there an image imagery that wasn't was that was very much opposed or different than what prince was portraying on specifically this album oh yeah no it's like it was the 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 antithesis of that yeah yeah i mean prince the prince of purple rain would have fit right in with with that you know with apollonia on his motorcycle i mean all of that is very macho and and, um and masculine in its imagery but then love sexy with flowers on the cover and him nude just just was not like you said is the antithesis of what was popular at the time so he wasn't really fitting in with popular culture and what the most popular music of the era i mean of course another popular music genre that was starting to form at that time would have been like the new jack swing uh r&b and even that was you know very macho posing with groups like uh, well bell Bidivo hadn't started yet but you know you had your yeah, they, they like were, John, they were a little gill and keith sweat and people like that and it was i mean the ballads were one thing but they still had they still were very rooted in their masculinity even with singing ballads. i mean ll cool J had a very soft quote-unquote soft song on that album called i need love i and need got, love yeah yeah and he and he <laughs> got ripped and he got ripped for it you know he got kind of yeah. apart
1: for, for no it. Like, i i remember i remember you know? that song very well yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and so Prince just was just
0: was on doing something again. Prince was being Prince, doing, following his own muse, following his own heart and his brain and what he thought was the right thing for him at that moment. I talked a little bit about, uh, or you know, my host and I, uh, Arthur Turnbull, who was on the "I Know" episode for the first song off this album. We talked a little bit about where Prince's headspace was at around this time. So I don't going to dig into that again for this for this album or for this song but at the same time i think it's relevant just in your story about people's perception of this record and people's perception of what prince was doing was just so off kilter to to what was popular at the time. also i mean even in movies i mean the biggest movies around this time were the big stallone and, and schwarzeneggers and Bruce Willis just had a big hit with Die Hard. hard, Very much, you know, action, explosion, macho heroes. And um, this just was just not in line with that um, anymore. Prince was not in the public favor in that way. A little ahead of his time with the sensitive um, artist that became popular later within the 90s in the grunge era. I mean, the music obviously was very different, but those types of musicians became more popular um thanks to like artists like kurt cobain having putting out rock music but not not only just singing about or not just singing about parties and girls and you know beer so just a, <laughs> just a different take
1: just it's imagine take. if prince did do one album like that what would that be <laughs> <laughs> well i just have a lot of
0: albums about girls but not so much about <laughs> Where it's just solely about that from track. Prince does track, an album
1: right. in the in the in the vein of uh, Poison or White Snake. Just imagine. That.
0: <laughs> yeah, what they call the <laughs> co- cock rock music. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> could be fun. Okay, so anyway, getting back on track with Alphabet Street. All right, so this song was recorded in late um, late eighty seven, and according to Prince, all this was recorded the day before his New Year's Eve show, nineteen eighty seven. So it would have been December thirtieth, eighty seven so you know that's the new year's eve show that we got as part of sign of the Times super deluxe edition in 1987 so that was kind of a cool little tidbit he recorded this song right before that that show and another thing that is kind of an interesting tidbit of trivia about this song is that it incorporates aspects of an unreleased prince song called bloody mouth where he takes a line from that song and then that whole rap I guess from Cat Glover at the end of the song, the end of the album version at least, is lifted from that unreleased song. So I guess when that song decided, or when he decided that song wasn't going to, you know, make any kind of final album configuration or even being retweaked for the the Graffiti Bridge project, and it was decided it wasn't going to be a part of that anymore, then even though that was still two years away, he had it probably still in his head that it wasn't going to fit in with that project anymore. So it's like, hey, you know what? Let's let's do that now as part of this song that I am going to put on Love Sexy because I think it's dope or I like the, you know, the message of it or whatever. I mean, he liked cat rapping. I mean, that's just something that, you know, Cat Glover doing some sort of rapping in or speaking parts is something that he was, you know, a fan of from the Black Album to Love Sexy. So not that surprising yeah. that he wanted to incorporate that. She um, was.
1: She's definitely better than Tony M, so...
0: <laughs> no comment oh, uh, no thing
1: take, about the any video, chance I get the flag on Tony M I'm going to take it so. I know I know I'm, I'm going to take it
0: <laughs> you, you, I might have to, you might have to skip the diamonds and pearls album Jerry if you're going to rip on Tony M oh
1: man time. come on <laughs> all right I want to do, do Jughead specifically
0: you're right, you're right. So. I'll have to veto that option So the Alphabet Street video is is kind of infamous for being sort of amateurish looking, and the you know I don't know I forget the exact story so I'm not going to try to reiterate it but essentially there was like a snowstorm in Minneapolis or in Twin Cities and he just had a wild wild hair that he needed to record this video now like not going to wait until you know the snowstorm clears or. You know there's a better day and better options for him to get better equipment or better personnel to help him with the video. No, I'm going to record it now. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the situations are or circumstances. We're going to record it now. So that leads to some of the the amateurish look, uh, look to it cuz I guess they use like public access equipment to record the video cuz that's all I could get on short notice. And with uh, the limitations that were presented because of the the snowstorm and <laughs> <laughs> and it does it, it does have that very amateurish look to it uh, oh, yeah. and, and, of, and of course there's the infamous don't buy the black album i'm sorry hidden message at the towards the beginning of the the video too that <laughs> nobody can read unless you have it recorded on videotape and you manage to you know like pause it or track it slowly through frame by frame if you're just watching it real time it's you know there's no way anybody no human eye could read that let's put it that way
1: no, yeah, no doubt. It's, you know, it's definitely an odd, you know, video, as I said, you know, my mother thought it was something from Sesame Street. And yeah, it definitely had, I mean, that was called, um, you know, I don't know if you ever did any TV production type stuff, but it was like the old school Chiron graphics. That's what they're called, <laughs> that, that kind of okay. overlay lettering and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it definitely... It's definitely a, a look, you know, I, I it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's definitely a look, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's an yeah. interesting choice. I mean, you know, was, even then for the late eighties, I mean, the, uh, you know, it was, they had obviously higher production values for videos and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you, they had become, you know, small films, a lot of them, and, and especially with bigger stars, you know, so they took them kind mm-hmm. of to the next level. And then here's this kind of really, you know, retro kind of, yeah, like you said, public access, you know, Cable look video going on With you know Prince dancing around on the hood Of a car and stuff and Yeah it's 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 interesting For, for sure I mean it you know Looking back on it I mean you know Whenever 30 some odd years later it's uh, It's just You know you just okay it's it's like You know ti- it's a time capsule It's like okay there's there's Prince at this Era doing his you know thing and So yeah well, Yeah
0: I mean even the video for like I wish you Heaven is similar like it looks a little bit like it was done on the cheap, and uh, mm-hmm. the production values aren't super high. I think Lamb Slams' video is more just pulled from the tour, so that one was, had, you know, had less opportunity for ridicule. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> right. He didn't was... do himself any favors. with No, he life. definitely didn't. No, <laughs> it's like he shot himself in the foot in a couple different ways in terms of like. And I'm sure he, I mean, it was, I can't imagine it was intentional. Like he, he had put a lot of time, I shouldn't say time. He put a lot of effort because this time, this whole album was recorded fairly quickly, but I think he really wanted like this album to succeed. Why wouldn't he? And especially with the messages in it being so positive and it being reflective of his uh, state of mind at the time, I can't imagine that he would intentionally sabotage his own success here but some of the some of the things that he did to promote the album or to really when he released the album with the, the nude cover and cheap videos. And it just kind of makes you wonder, like, where were the people that were really trying to or should have made sure that he was putting his best foot forward in, in terms of, you know, um, presenting to the public eye?
1: You got to you wonder that. I mean, but a lot of times, you know, with there are certain artists sometimes that kind of. You know, go off the rails and they, they maybe need a little bit of uh, editing or, you know, editorial input. And, um, you know, I say that, you know, another one of my, my favorite artists of that era, not musical and uh, more of a writer, Stephen King, obviously, uh, same thing. You know, they let him, you know, he had all these great books and then, you know, he then he wrote a few towards the late you know later part of the 80s that really weren't all that great. And just these overblown kind of things because people just stopped editing him. You know, he got mm-hmm. to be too big, in a sense. And it's like, well, who am I to edit Stephen King? And so he's going to turn in, you know, 2,000-page drafts of, of these books. I think at this point, Prince definitely needed some editing. And, I, we, you know, some of his later, you know, 90s stuff, too, I think, that you know, it, it's at that point that, I mean, I think that's maybe what Warners was trying to do, and he didn't like that. So, you know, he, he, needed, he needed a little bit of maybe a little push in the right direction or, you know, maybe a little editing and somebody to kind of say, hey, man, you know, maybe you should – try this and you know it was like well i'm prince i'm gonna do what the hell i want and that happens sometimes i mean there are you know it was you know they have even the greatest artists and you know have the have misfires so it's just uh, I'm sure I'm
0: sure warner bros was just happy that they he um submitted a single album instead of a triple or double
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and you know and they they you know i, I want i'm sure they weren't super happy with him canceling, you know, the Black album at the last minute. I mean, who does that? You know, and and you know, it's they had a bow of that, you know, in a way. I mean, they, and not not and,
0: continuing oh. the Sign of the Times tour in the United States. I mean, Sign yes. of the Times was still was still releasing top ten singles in early 1988. I could never take the place of your man. Was it still a hit in '88 when this album was um, getting ready to be released? Yeah, and So definitely, again, definitely. I mean, he just was not interested in milking a successful album longer than it than than he wanted to um like just like purple rain cutting that tour short not going not going over to europe or asia for that tour and opposite for of times not coming over to the united states i think those were i mean i think a lot of people would look back at that you know now 30 plus years later and say those were potentially mistakes uh just from a just from a financial and and um global penetration kind of perspective like this sign of times could have been 87 88 massive with all the singles that he could have released from it singles still hitting top 10 in 88 bringing that tour to the united states and performing all these songs live but again prince was prince and he he was following his muse and his muse was no longer related to songs that he'd recorded and written around the time of the revolution you know when they were still together i mean that just felt i'm sure to him like ancient history performing these 85 86 revolution era songs in 1988 just for him i can i can imagine the way his his artistic um, muses work so quickly and change so quickly that that just felt like probably um it would have been like a, a creative handcuff for him and This was this was the new thing, and this is the thing he wanted to
1: put out there. He he definitely wasn't one so much to you know to dwell on on the past in a lot of ways, and uh, you know, as he got a little bit older, maybe. But but I think I remember at one point too. I mean, this was you know he said he wasn't going. I mean, you know, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but just to kind of expound on that, as I was saying it. I remember it had to be like the late '90s, early 2000s, where he said he wasn't going to play any of his old hits anymore. Like he, he you know, he made a big deal of it, where he was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to play any of that stuff anymore." And you know, he obviously backtracked on it, but he, I recalled him saying that at one point because it was kind of an odd, obviously an odd choice for a guy who has such a huge back catalog of, of hits. So, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it just seemed like every day he woke up and maybe had a new an interesting idea that uh you know that he wanted to explore and and get excited about and and uh you know some of them you know were, were excellent and some of them you know came to fruition and others you know not so much and maybe are a bit half-baked and things like that and I, I think a little bit with love sexy i think really that was maybe where that kind of started in a way or at least things that maybe leaked out into the, the public where maybe should have taken a little more time with Like I said, like Mm -hmm. the video, it's like, why did you have to shoot it that day? I mean, you couldn't wait for maybe, you know, three, four days until the snow clears and you can get like a a proper studio and proper equipment and make a decent video. Why do you do it that second? So, yeah, I I think that was maybe when we were seeing some of that, maybe his not so great qualities in a sense, you know, or maybe more the auteur kind of uh, way that he, you know, kind of approached stuff. And, you know, he was Prince and he was going to do things his way. And that was that. So.
0: Kind of the gist of what I got from, you know, reading biographies and stuff around this time is he was really very adamant about, you know, doing things his way. And uh, he's kind of always, from what I understand, again, from reading biographies is he's always kind of been that way. It was my way or the highway. I mean, I think he even has a quote saying, telling somebody, a member of his band, I forget who, might have been. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. It might have been Levi. He said something like, you know, never argue with me even when I'm wrong, I'm right. So just kind of, <laughs> just kind
1: of, <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a very parental, it's my house, my rules thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like don't ever argue with me, man. I mean, even if, even if you know that I'm wrong in this, in this instance, I am, I'm right because uh, it's my, still my um, decision. And yeah. It's my choice.
1: It's my thing. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's my thing. Yeah. So okay. That,
1: that's, that sounds right. So, yeah.
0: so we should probably start getting into the song proper. Um, the lyrics to alphabet street, are a bit more lighthearted less weighty i guess than the album's opener i know i know really is trying to kind of put forth the the whole concept of love sexy out there with heaven and hell and uh, spooky electric and love sexy you know being proxies for the devil and god and jesus and um but alphabet street doesn't have quite as much of that language in it not i mean there's a little bit in the cat rap and a couple lines here and there but for the most part this is just kind of a fun sexy funky song Uh, a little bit bluesy um i can see why it was chosen as a single the first single and i can also see why it was successful it's really catchy and pretty from a musical standpoint very innovative i
1: think most definitely Um, yeah you know it's it's listening to that album again uh, yesterday um, yeah, it stands out, I mean, uh, you know, as, you know, that catchy kind of pop thing. But the rest of the songs, I mean, they're, while they all have their merits, um, you know, you, you don't really hear too much, you know, radio friendly in in a lot of them. You know, there's some interesting themes, obviously, and interesting musical ideas, you know, running throughout the album. But in terms of something that was going to play on the radio, you know, Alphabet Street was far and away the, the easy choice there.
0: Yeah, agreed,
1: agreed. So the at the beginning of the song, as we, we hear that carryover
0: no from I know, because, you know, the whole, again, I'll say it, the whole album was tracked as one long track uh, for early, early copies of the CD that were released. Of course, tapes and vinyl are all kind of, you know, um, one long thing. I mean, I guess in vinyl you can find the different gro- the grooves change and you can figure out where the tracks are, but uh, it was not tracked that way on the CD so I know bleeds into Alphabet Street and after he says no I'm going down to Alphabet Street I'm going to crown first girl that I meet I'm going to talk so sexy she'll me from my head to my feet. first actual lyrics of the song are, I'm going down to Alphabet Street, I'm going to crown the first girl that I meet, I'm going to talk so sexy, she'll want me from my head to my feet. Okay, so one thing that kind of went over my head <laughs> as a child listening to this song was what, what I would say is maybe some of the more uh, hidden or alternative meanings to this song, some of the, the language used here to kind of represent something that I would say is more sexual in nature. Um, do you kind of agree with how, I mean, Prince has, has always typically done a good job when he wants to of, you know, using metaphors and euphemisms that are not always quite so obvious to uh listeners what he's talking about what he's meaning even when it comes to god or when it comes to sex or whatever and this song i think for me i just missed it entirely any kind of reference to oral sex that one could make by listening to these lyrics what are your thoughts on that jerry
1: oh yeah no it's it's definitely a song about you know <laughs> definitely something about of um and uh, apparently, I mean, whether it, it's true or not, but I, if you if you watch the bit, it, it seems like it, it definitely had to be inspired by a Sam Kinison uh, bit um, where he talks about going down on a woman and you know doing the you know performing the alphabet and and you know using different words. And Kinison's bit, he actually uses you know, he, he as an example Tennessee. So you know, Prince it seems like had to have seen that or was inspired by that. Um, it's definitely that, you know, this, this six minute, uh, exercise and kind of, uh, you know, kind of fooling everybody in a sense who being clever with this, you know, alphabet street, uh, euphemism for, uh, you know, oral sex. And yeah, I, I it was weird. It, it it was probably a few months later that it, it hit me in a sense about the, the you know, the, the Sam Kennison thing and, and, um. You know, talking about that, it it just in the moment you don't think of it. It's just you think it's this fun song about maybe taking this girl on a ride in his dad's car. Um, but you know, it's a different yeah, kind of Alphabet Street, Alphabet Street, <laughs> yeah, <place> yeah. <laughs> Park or anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these other uh, these other places he made up, you know, and in, in, in these songs and you know, he's like he seemed to be always taking a girl somewhere. I mean, Raspberry Beret, same, you know, he's taking a trip out to Old Man Johnson's farm and you know it, yeah. it's just you think you think it's that kind of thing and then it did click eventually it was like wait a minute it's like you know listening to it's it like is that because is that, the Tennessee thing is the thing that stuck in my head in, in a way and it was like wait a minute isn't that the same didn't Sam Kinison do something about that and lo and behold yeah he, he did and you know I, 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 I don't in my mind it, it seems odd that Prince would be inspired in some way by Sam Kinison but um so, in, th- I,
0: so I'm not familiar sorry I'm not familiar with the Sam Kinison act so he in his standup act he yeah yeah he talks
1: about um <laughs> he, I should oh I mean now I don't know if it's up on youtube or not but um so he's spelling out the words yeah on, he talked about you know, about, you know, down, you know he, he said you know going down on a woman and you would you know do the alphabet and you can even you know it was better if you did words. And one of the words he said that he would do was Tennessee, you know. Gotcha. It's it, okay. his tongue would you know T, you know, right
0: when he yeah. was winning. I mean, I down. knew I knew about doing the alphabet. Yeah. I yeah. Alphabet would, but I didn't know there was specific or that like using specific words was also kind of one of those things that that had been put out there. So I thought maybe this was something that Prince had created. But so the timing of that Sam Sam Kinison comedy routine was prior to '88, I assume.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, Kinnison was huge then, um, you know, the, the you know, the mid to late eighties, you know, and then he, you know, kind of flamed out, but, um, in a lot of ways, um, he was just too intense But he was, he was definitely, you know, a super funny guy and yeah, yeah, that was, I don't know. I would have, said I would have to look it up myself, but it definitely Samples. predated the Alphabet street song for sure. Yeah. Run DMC sampled one of his, lines
0: on a comedy bit for i think it was on the tougher than leather album which also came out in 88 so i mean i knew kennison was big in the 80s i just wasn't super familiar with like all of
1: his routines and stuff so yeah yeah didn't know that cool okay so it seems like that was where he was inspired and you know and if you knew that you put two and two together you kind of oh okay he's not talking about taking a trip here he's talking about set. he's talking about oral sex so right
0: Right. Okay. So the chorus is uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, she will, and repeat yeah, 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 yeah. So that, I mean that the chorus isn't much. There isn't much to it. It's just it's catchy, but there isn't much from a lyrical standpoint. It's just a bunch of yes in sung in different ways for uh, foreground, background vocalists, um, screaming. You know, different like different enunciations, different performance of the word yeah, which is. It is what it is. I mean, not every chorus has to be like this super deep and you know, introspective lyrical journey that he takes us on. Some courses courses are just yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's what Alphabet Street gives us.
1: It's not high art or anything. It's not you know there's nothing hidden in the meaning thereof. It's just it's just you know a catchy kind of thing that progresses the song along. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna drive. My It's absurd i will put her in the back seat And drive her To Tennessee Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Tennessee Yeah, Drive yeah, yeah. her Okay I'm gonna <laughs> drive my daddy's Thunderbird A white rad ride 66, 67 So glam It's absurd I'm going to put her in the back seat and drive her to Tennessee. Okay, so the second verse uh we've got we got a reference to a car, a Ford Thunderbird, which and then of course the uh, the the year 66 67. I again, I think I think that's just kind of interesting because he he kind of uh, refers to back to Housequake with the whole um 66 a little bit harder than they did and 66 a little bit faster than they did 67 which is kind of cool that he kind of does that again here in this song referencing those two years so you know i don't know what the significance of of referring back to those two years again when he's referring to a car versus you know a dance craze or you know music that was popular for housequake versus a car here in alphabet street uh, just a little bit of fun Easter egg. Um, and I always misheard a white rad ride as something about a red ride. So I thought, I always thought, like, he was talking about a red Thunderbird. I don't know. I missed, misheard that lyric for many years.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an easy one to, I mean, to kind of, I guess, you know. Yeah, rad was in the, you know, still in the vernacular then. Oh, yeah. I was just trying to hear...
0: I guess i wasn't again caring too much about the specific lyrics of this song i never really did uh again that's part of the reason why i do this podcast is because there are certain songs where lyrics have always taken a back seat uh no pun intended so i think this is definitely one of them because the you know the concept of the song is pretty well the the deeper meaning is pretty buried i guess um if you're a naive 13 year old like i was but even if you're not it's pretty surface i mean oral sex you know it's not not the not the deepest of concepts and certainly something that he'd done before and that other artists do as well i mean there's a lot of songs that have been made about you know euphemisms and and basically singing an entire song about sex in a way that you can get away with pour some sugar on me, cherry pie. I mean, these are all songs around that same time. That,
1: yeah, no, cherry pie is not very veiled, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that at the same time, they're, obvious, they're,
0: not being, but... <laughs> they're not being explicit, though. They're not being explicit, they're able to get away yeah, with it yeah. and put it on the radio because <laughs> it's not explicit, even though what it's talking about is is much more clear, I think, than even on Alphabet Street, yes. Yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just again, drive my I'm gonna drive my daddy's Thunderbird. I'm gonna put her in the back seat and drive her. So again, driving, you know, kind of used as a, a euphemism for for sex again. Backseat. I think we've had a couple of or not even just backseat, just sex in a car is something that Prince has done before. I'm sure you, you can think of a couple, but the ones that come to mind, dirty mind. Uh, in your daddy's car it's you i really yeah, want to drive jack that's you off one that
1: really comes in my, in my mind
0: yeah. yeah yeah jack you off do it in your mama's car in that song he refers to a cadillac though so uh, i think he just likes the imagery of some of these like older boat cars like the long caddies and thunderbirds like if you look at a, a 66 or 67 thunderbird they have a pretty distinct look to them and is that what, I forget what car he's got on the video that he's dancing
1: on. I don't remember. As far as I understand it, I mean, that he did, I mean, at least what I read, I mean, if it's wrong, that that was like his father's car that he restored. Um, or was that for, I mean, because he has a huge car in, in the movie too, in uh, Under the Cherry Moon, um, mm-hmm. you know, that huge boat of a car type thing. So. At least what they had on stage, because they they had a car on the stage for the Love Sexy tour. And from what I understood, I thought I read that that was the actual car. I don't know if maybe it's the same one in the video, but um, yeah, that that legitimately, at least from what I read, that was, you know, that was his father's Thunderbird. So that he, you know, somehow, I guess, found and or restored or, I don't know, bought from his father or did something of that nature. But yeah, those cars were, you know, very distinct and, and very you know, cool looking for, for sure. Um, I never drove one. I'm sure they'd be a pain in the ass to drive. <laughs> and 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 or park. But <laughs> imagine Especially trying to Park. Par- yeah, imagine trying to parallel park a beast like that. Jesus. Can't even imagine. Um Well, that's why they used to make uh
0: kids, myself included, uh parallel park as part of the driving test. I don't even know if they make them do that anymore, to be quite honest with you.
1: They did, but I when I took the test too, I mean I had to do it. Um but anyway, yeah, that's uh, the car thing, I mean, right. It's uh you know, clearly, a, uh, a, a the whole thing is obviously he had a you know a, a a thing for throwing that in there that that imagery of you know having sex or doing you know you know some things maybe you shouldn't be doing in the in the back of your your parents' car for sure.
0: Yep, Daddy's Thunderbird, Daddy's car, Mama's Cadillac. Yep, a few different references that we've cited already, and I'm sure there's others. <clears throat> can't think can't think of them all off the top of my head, but. Um, I'm happy to, to come up with a list if people want to li- list all the times Prince's reference to his parents' car and then doing something kind of dirty in it, and especially like in 1888 when he was 30 years old, um, referring to his parents car is kind of yeah. An antiquated yeah you, you've kind, you've
1: of, kind, kind of, of moved on from there you would think at that point Dude, but, you uh, own your own
0: car you own yeah. you, you own your own paisley at this party you exactly had you paisley have your car, own like, whole
1: so. own building so
0: <laughs> massive studio i think you can find some better cars.
1: places to you know to to <laughs> have your women uh come over and hang out maybe not your parents car but yeah yeah
0: of course, at the end, the end line driver to Tennessee, this is the reference to Tennessee that you had already spoken about. But of course, uh, fans of the song Tennessee by Arrested Development will recognize that sample here that they use quite prominently in that song. And uh, just a, you know, I can't imagine at this point people not having made that connection between Arrested Development's Tennessee and the sample pulled from Alphabet Street. But just in case, there it is that's working. yeah
1: no then that that cost them uh, like a hundred thousand dollars apparently because uh prince sued them and uh they had to pay him a hundred thousand dollars for that use of that one word so yeah yep. <laughs>
0: uh the course again is basically the same yeah 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 except he also will at this point he repeats a couple lines tennessee yeah 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 drive verse 3 which is excuse me baby I don't mean to be rude but I guess tonight I'm just not I'm just not in the mood so if you don't mind I would like to watch verse 3 is funny to me because he's really into sex in the first two verses like he's he's ready to go to town basically on the first two No, verses.
1: he's, he's taken her to Tennessee there's no two ways he's about it her to yeah. Tennessee and, you
0: know and he's ready to go but then all of a sudden he pulls back in verse 3 and uh, basically says, you know, I'm I'm just not into it tonight. But, you know, maybe you are, and if and if you don't mind, I'll just I'll just sit back and watch.
1: I'll just hang back, yeah.
0: I'll just hang back and watch. And so, of course, everybody's listening to the song. Their mind, the 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 question that everybody asks themselves as they're listening: Watch what? So it's up to the listener to really kind of decide what they think Prince is watching in this, which is kind of cool because it's not. It could be a lot of different things. I mean, I think there's one probably most common idea of what Prince is watching that night because he's not in the mood kind of gives it away that it's something sexual and likely, you know, something solo sex, masturbation, whatever you want to call it. Um, At least that's where
1: I have always kind of lined out. I don't know if you have a different opinion, Jerry on that. No, it's definitely something uh, masturbatory, I would think. Um, you know, and it, again, if, you know, you had any, I think, question about this is a song about like sex, this this is where it's driven home, you know, pretty explicitly, I think, you know, at least in my mind, you know, it's like, okay, maybe the first two verses you're like, all right, well, you know, maybe maybe he's not talking about, but this really kind of drives the point home that they're, you know, they're talking about uh, something sexual going on here. And I think the, the, the funny part of this verse, I, and I always like too, is kind of how it kicks off. You know, with the skidding tires, you know, you hear like the car kind of, you know, and, and, uh, you know, as, as he's, you know, starts to, you know, talk about, uh, you know, as, as he kicks in the singing this verse, I, I always kind of found that amusing as well. But yeah, I, I would take it as, you know, that the, uh, he's, he's gonna, well, well, what else could she be doing at this point, you know, a solo kind of performance, uh, you know, something, uh, as I said, maspiratory or, you know, just kind of going to town on herself. And well, if I that's, think that, that that's. The, is that your bag, baby? Then, hey, man, they don't have that.
0: Yeah. But. Yeah. It's got to be the. I'm sure that's the most common interpretation of those lyrics. But I could be I mean, I <laughs> because it's not explicitly stated, somebody yeah. might think it's something else, and that's cool. They're entitled to do that. But I, yeah, you know, the, the sound of the skidding tires is kind of funny because it, it it's more like a comical um, representation of what's happening in the song. Like, they're speeding along the highway they're driving to tennessee and all of a sudden the tires you know prince slams on the on the brakes and the tires start skidding because you know he's not in the mood yeah
1: yeah yeah it's it's, you know the auditory an auditory metaphor in a sense that really drives home i guess where he's at you know mentally at the moment yeah he thought he was uh ready to go to town ready to go to tennessee but apparently uh not he's more into you know kind of a, a voyeur mode At at this point And you know If she wants to oblige Then that would be cool But if not I I guess we're uh, We're we're turning this car around And we're going home (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me turn this car around (laughs) Don't make me turn this car around (laughs) Damn it (laughs) Um,
0: So then the chorus After that verse Is the same You know Yeah 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 And then At the very end He adds some Gimme 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 And then we get into The fourth verse And this is where Things start getting A little more Hippie Uh, We're going down, down, down. If that's the only way to make this cruel, cruel world, hear what we've got to say. Put the right letters together and make a better day. Uh, So what's your... What's your thoughts on verse four, where he's going with this one, Jerry?
1: Well, I mean, the, the end part of it is clearly, you know, if you put the right letters together and make a better day, um, you, you're giving her an, an orgasm. Uh, you know, you're 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 you know, you're doing it right. You're you know, you're doing uh, right by her in a sense, or you're you know, you're performing properly to where. You know, you, you use the right letters to unlock the combination. In a sense, it's almost like a puzzle, and that's why I think that that metaphor you know a lot of people found funny with the whole alphabet thing and and whatnot. But um you know, yeah, you know, Prince always added that uh, you know that level of like you said that maybe a little bit you know, and a lot of this album is that has a bit of that kind of. Uh, you know, more of the, you know, the love God and God is love type stuff. And I think he's maybe injecting a little bit of that here, but then drives home again. The fact that the, you know, put the right letters together and make a better day, you know, by yeah. giving somebody yeah. uh, some pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the only verse I think in the song that really kind of speaks in my, to in my opinion, to a lot of what the themes of this album are. And that is like sex and love is our ticket to God and happiness. Like, yeah being closer to God through through sex and love uh love sexy I mean he blends the blends the words together and that's the representation of God and you know like again, I've said it before the proxy um for God in this throughout much of this album and so for him to talk about we're going down 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 if that's the only way to make this cruel cruel world hear what you've got to say he's to me that he's saying like this is how we make the world better Sure. this, this mm-hmm. is how we fight the negativity and you know violence and hate and stuff that the societal issues that he was speaking about inside of the times that he talks a little bit about and i know the first song off the album and he again just like love each other uh and through love you know sex is, is a part of that and he embraces that and putting the right letters together make a better day not just for the world but also, I mean, more specifically, like if you can give, give your partner orgasms, which he uh, very much is or values, um, you know, pleasing his partners. And he's always been that way in his songs, you know, expressing that kind of desire to please his partners in songs, put the right letters together, and make a better day, a better day for specifically for the person <laughs> that that he's uh, going down on and also in general, uh, make people happy, you know, as, is, is a, <clears throat> an aspect of just, you know, putting pe- smile on people's faces. Um, you do that. I do this for her and you do that for your lover and you do that for your lover and everybody's happy kind of thing. It's a little, maybe naive a bit, but, you know, put a smile on your face because you've had an orgasm or put a smile on your face because you're in a, you know, in what has might a committed relationship that involves great sex. So that's, that's love sexy
1: in a, in a nutshell. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's tough to be pissed off when you're, you're having an orgasm. I mean, I, I can't ever say that I've had an angry orgasm where I felt, you know, pissed off after <laughs> the fact. It's, it's rather pretty, euphoric, obviously. So I would hope if not. you put somebody in that state of mind, why wouldn't you? I mean, why would you want to, you know, piss them off? And, you know, if you can do the opposite of that, then hey, let let's go there for sure. I mean, yeah, at least that's I mean, the way I would think about it. There are, there do seem to be some people in this world who think the opposite of that, who, you know, want to kind of, or aren't happy unless they're pissing people off or being annoying. But, uh, I've never been to that mindset. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's
0: the common, most common way of thinking about sex and love is that it's a euphoric feeling and something that we all desire and strive for. So why not do more of it right i mean that's the that's the idea behind it and what he's trying to express i think in this song this is a fun song about sexual pleasure and how he ties it back together with the theme of the song is how just talking about how it, it can change the world one orgasm at a time <laughs> you know i mean that's uh, it's kind of a simple concept but hey you know this is it's a simple kind of lyrical song so not not no to doubt. get too yeah. deep with it yeah so then at this point the song like a lot of these all these verses go really quickly. The song, the radio edit of the song is like less than two and a half minutes. But the album version's like five and a half. So we still have like three more minutes of, of song. Most of it's um most of it's instrumental, but there's obviously one key aspect of lyrics left, and that's the the cat rap. you to rap cat we need you to rap don't give it to a slow because if we know you know new power soul gotta to, gotta to, gotta to go and I just wanted to call the the reference to new power soul because again for the second song in a row he's introduced this concept of new power something he says new power generation and I know and now it's new power soul in alphabet Street uh, that that's also obviously an album that he would release Later in the '90s, called New Power Soul, but Love Sexy's kind of this world building, this whole vernacular building uh, album, where he uses and com- coins phrases that had never been coined before in, in his previous albums, and um, they would stick with him for a while.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I said yeah, listening to the whole album again yesterday, I, I was I was pretty sure of it too. That this is the first time he mentioned kind of those yeah, the New Power Generation and the, the New Power Soul. So obviously became. Mm-hmm very big parts of his you know musical career you know further down the line in the in the you know the 90s so for sure he but he clearly burst those ideas a little bit here or at least put them in in people's minds as well yep
0: yep he planted
1: the seeds in love sexy let's put it that way and then you when we
0: would hear them hear them later on on albums like diamonds and pearls or new power soul um, we're like okay we've heard that before this isn't a new concept anymore then we get cat's rap and she says talk to me lover come on tell me what you taste didn't your mama tell you life is too good to waste did she tell you love sexy was the glam of them all you can hang you can trip on it but you surely won't fall no side effects the feeling lasts forever straight up it tastes good it makes you feel clever kiss your enemies like you know you would then you jerk your body like a horny pony would you jerk your body like a horny pony would now run and tell your mom about that and then prince says and while you're at it tell your pop about this so, uh, I'm not gonna like all of these lyrics basically to me, just kind of reiterate the idea of this song being about oral sex. Tell me what you taste. Tell me what you taste, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> um, the,
1: that's the obvious one. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, you exactly. can't
1: kind of deny what you're talking about there. So no yeah. side
0: effects, the feeling lasts forever, which is you know, kind of like orgasm again, speaking about orgasms. Straight up, it tastes good. It makes you feel clever. You kiss your enemies like you know you should. <laughs> jerk your body like a horny pony would so i get of course imagery more like somebody having an orgasm jerking sure. your body mm-hmm. um now run and tell your mom about that so no i, I actually don't think i will thanks cat i don't think i'm gonna yeah. tell my mama
1: about that <laughs> or my papa for that matter i don't, so I, don't just... I don't think my mom needs to know anything about that yeah <laughs> uh horny pony I'll keep, is I'll keep the... that between you know me and this per me and my partner here thanks
0: yeah horny pony referenced here of course that would turn into a b-side later in the early 90s for prince Uh, a song off the diamonds of pearls album horny pony so first reference about horny pony prince liked to talk about horses and ponies and kind of putting more emphasis on that animal than most others i would say uh but yeah this this whole cat rap which was lifted off of what he called um previously it was what was the song i said it was uh, something
1: bloody mouth nothing. i
0: believe yes bloody mouth uh anyway so i don't know how that would have fit in on that song i have to go back and listen to that vol track if i even have access to it but you know she says did you did she tell you love sexy was the glam of them all so here we're referencing love sexy the concept again second time in two songs first two songs both say it and um think uh you know just it's a it's a, a fun little additional rap that she puts out there to re-emphasize the the lyrics of the song re-emphasize the point and also throw another love sexy uh, reference in there so I don't know if you have any other things you wanted to kind of point out about the rap
1: no I mean so yeah you know, we we kind of yeah I mean touched on everything that I would think I mean obviously if it came from another song, he had to rework it a bit to work in, you know, the love sexy reference and then the glam reference. And, you know, that was obviously a, the glam slam kind of thing was part of that as well. So, you know, they had to be, I'm sure he rewrote a line or two to kind of make it work in this context. But beyond that, yeah, I mean, we, we touched on everything. I think that needs to be addressed there. Yeah. And at the very end of the song, we hear
0: the chant, Hey, ho, or yeah, ho, alphabet street. Yeah. ho, alphabet street and then the song basically closes with uh, ingrid chavez who also opened the album up with her poem um doing something else another spoken word piece and so she starts counting down or reciting not counting down reciting the alphabet she says a b c d e f h i love you uh, of course if i've always found it Fascinating. Why G was skipped? <laughs> I don't know for a fact why G
1: was skipped. I, I I've heard t- two theories on, on that. Um, okay, let me hear them. Okay, the the me one me, that was on. taken from an, an interview where somebody actually asked Prince why she skipped G, and uh, he said that she was being kissed at the time, so she was distracted. <laughs> okay. And then right. the second The second thing I, I came across was that the the whole song, I guess the Alphabet Street song, is in the key of G. I don't know much about music in that respect so I don't know if that's true or not that it is in in the key of G. Um, and that's why G is, is skipped because the the song in and of itself is G. Uh, gotcha. You know. Okay. So those are the two things that I heard. The the kiss one, the kissing one is obviously the more interesting one in my mind because you know, Prince must have been a hell of a kisser if you could distract somebody to that level where they forget something as simple as the alphabet.
0: Um, <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah.
1: I heard a pretty wild theory too. I
0: re- or I didn't hear. I read a pretty wild theory, and I'm I'm not so sure about this one. But I'll say yeah. And it I don't anyway. know if
1: either of those are true either. That just those are you know those are things I'd come across, and they sounded uh, interesting and you know possible. Obviously, so if they're, either of yeah. them are true, who the hell knows?
0: Yeah, the third one that I read, that I'm I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know is that uh, it was intentionally skipped because G represents the G spot, and Prince was already in the G spot, so he didn't need to say it. (laughs) I'm like, okay, that...
1: Yeah, well, that's similar to, you know, the key of G, I guess, and maybe that's where, that maybe, you know, kind of adds more of that to that. You know, it's, who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I I bet in this respect, I mean, he he seems to be, and he, you know, um, anytime he was asked maybe he made up a different answer you know <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. it really i could i could totally see him doing that just to mess with people or you know it's like oh you know today i'm gonna say this today tomorrow i'm gonna say that or you know so who knows but yeah they're all yeah. interesting theories and it is uh, i guess i don't know you would have to ask uh ingrid chavez i suppose uh, she might be the only I one that's just one who who really knows? You know why she skipped uh, skipped the G there. So yes, if I ever meet Ingrid, I'm going to ask her and see how elusive she is with her answer, <laughs> or if she yeah, she see, she seems to be one that would be hard to pin down too. <laughs> Those but poets, she, man. Yeah, it's like nailing Jello to the wall.
0: <laughs> I, have a feeling right. be,
1: I have a feeling you'd get some hippy dippy answer on her, well, from her too. You really would. well it it wouldn't surprise me let's
0: put it that way might be one of those forever um unanswered questions uh okay so that's alphabet street i mean there's a 12 inch version of the song Uh, i forget what it's every like most 12 inches have some sort of like alternate title let me look it up i forget it's it's called this is not music this is a trip um but there's i don't think there's really much in the way of additional lyrics represented on the alphabet street 12 inch it's a lot of it's music so i'm not going to dive into the 12 inch uh, so i think we're probably to the end of discussing lyrics to the song do you have any final thoughts you wanted to put out there on the song jerry
1: no no i said you know i told my little anecdotal stories about uh, you know this with the video and uh, you know my my coworker my friends response to the seeing the album cover for the first time. And that's really, you know, about it. I, I would have to say about Love Sexy and or Alphabet Street. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks again for being on the
0: show, Jerry. Um, anything you wanted to share in terms of where people can find you on social
1: media? Yeah, just, uh, you know, Twitter, um, at, at jbonner71 on Twitter. I think most of my, you know, stuff, you know, filters uh, through there one way or, or the other. That's kind of my main social media platform uh, these days and uh yeah you know i talk about print stuff sports stuff video game stuff but i think most people would be interested in print stuff listening to this uh podcast so there you go okay cool well thanks again and this has been the press rewind prince lyrics podcast
0: i've been your host jason brenger you can find the show press rewind pod on twitter instagram facebook and on youtube so please check it out on one of those social media platforms if you haven't already Follow me on any of them. Uh, I try to put some interesting and unique things up on, on those uh, platforms depending on what I'm doing or what I'm covering for the show. Or sometimes some pieces of music on YouTube that uh, maybe kind of corresponds or some live versions of stuff that I come across. So I mean, there, hopefully there's stuff out there for anybody interested in the show, interested in Prince, reasons to um, check it out. Uh, check out the Discord. We do have a press rewind discord links to that are in my social media handles as well and we'll be in the show notes and thanks to everyone and until next time goodbye